Now, that's a deep thing right now because that's what they would do. They would catch fish. So this is what we're talking about right now. It's about Jesus, the resurrection. I kind of went a little tangent. Uh, but what, did, what have we learned so far? We learned about the prophecies of the crucifixion, right? Everybody, amen? Amen. That was the first week. We're in the Out the Grave series. Then we learned about sharing in his suffering. Amen? Then we learned about the gospel, basically, the resurrection, the importance, to be- the importance of believing in that. Now we're going to talk about, if someone could shout it out. Man, that was, listen, I know y'all. I know every one of you guys can read. I know there is at least mo- many of you that could write your own book. I know there's some of you that do not like to read, but everyone, on the count of three, please, please just shout this out. One, two, three. Amen. Literacy. Praise God. We can all read in America. No child left behind. Thank you, George Bush, kind of. Right? Amen. So, sharing in his life. We learn in the resurrection, and we're learning about Jesus. Many of us, you know, we don't really know that. We're learning about Easter. Barack Obama, he was saying a prayer for all the Christians. I just want to let you guys know that over 200 people were killed on Easter for being a Christian. Matter of fact, Humberto, do you have that exact number? 200, it was actually more. It increased. It increased from 207, but, but that's a good stuff, Andrew. Good thing for knowing that. Kelvin. It did. What was the new number? Like 400, right? 391 Christians were killed. So imagine right now we're meeting in Elevate. Then all of a sudden someone just comes in with a bomb. That's literally what happened to almost 400 Christians in Sri Lanka. And why? Because they were, they were believing in the resurrection. They were worshiping Christ. See, this is real stuff right here. And, and many of you guys don't even understand it. Like, this is real. This is what people would die for. This is what people would die for. And, and our, our old president, he's, not, he's ashamed to even say Christian. He says, the Easter worshipers, God, yeah, we're praying for the Easter worshipers. No, we're not worshiping Easter in this place. We're, worship, we're worshiping the resurrected, the risen King, Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, who is going to come back with vengeance, with judgment, and he's going to reward everyone for what they've done. That is, what we're, that is who we're worshiping right now, the person of Christ, right? So, but here's the thing, you know, at my job, I, got to, I get to have conversations with kids, and I'll have conversations with kids about Jesus right after they finish cussing and talking about pornography and everything, and they'll be like, man, F you. Then I'll be like, hey, man, what do you think about Jesus? And oh, I believe in him. I love him. I'm like, wait, hold up. So after these conversations, I'm listening. I'm like, oh, what did you do uh, for Resurrection Day? They're like, Resurrection Day? What? What you mean Resurrection Day? I'm like, yeah, you know, Sunday we think about Jesus, we worship him, you know, we acknowledge that he came and he died and he rose again. They're like, oh, you mean Easter? I'm like, sure, yeah, Easter. Then he's like, well, yeah, I believe that. I believe that's real. I just don't know if I believe in him. I'm like, what? Like this dude literally said he believed, but he didn't believe. And I'm just wondering, right, how many of us are like that in this room? How many people how many of us actually believe in the resurrection? Then, right, how does this now change our life? What does it mean to us? Because uh, I don't know about you, but I can listen to people for a long time, talk about things they like that I don't care about. 
I can really do that. I'm really good at it. Matter of fact, I even want to care about what they're caring, they're caring about. So, like, imagine if Lawrence one day came and he was talking about instruments with me. Now, here's the whole thing. I don't care about instruments, to be honest. I don't. It's, like, literally not the best thing. I would like to learn one, but after a while, I'd be like, ah, all right, I want to talk about something else now. But because I love Lawrence and because I love his passion, I will listen to him. But it, just, it doesn't change my life. Whether or not it's a C chord, now I just want to be so honest right now, I have asked them to teach me, so this is just an example. It's not entirely true. It's just an example. But let's per se, he tries to teach me the C chord, he's just telling me other things. He goes on for hours. None of what he's talking about changes my life. Then some of us, we love history. I can go on for history at times. I'll talk to you about, well, at least I used to when I used to actually like look into that stuff. I'll talk to Sean about Abraham Lincoln. I'll be like, man, Abraham Lincoln was a good guy, but he actually did not want to free the slaves. That was actually not his point. What he wanted to do was he wanted to send them out to an island in the Caribbean, and he wanted uh, the African Americans to start their own colony. So basically, almost like a complete exclusion of people. But he changed his mind, right? And... You already know what happens. The Emancipation Proclamation. Praise God, right? So, amen, Kelvin, right? But I could go on for that, but Andrew, it doesn't change your life, right? It doesn't change your life. Sean will fall asleep in a couple seconds, and I'll be talking to his hoodie as he's knocked out. Then I, maybe, maybe I'll talk about the Avengers to Abdi, right? Do you like the Avengers, Abdi? Exactly. I thought that. Yeah. And I'll be like, man, dude, Thanos just went like this, snapped his finger. Abdi, it was crazy. And the Spider-Man didn't feel so good. And then, and then she'll be like, I just don't care, right? Because it doesn't change your life. But yet I come every Friday and I talk about a man who claimed to be God, who healed the blind, healed the sick, took forgiven sins, was crucified, and he came back to life after saying he was, and I get the same reaction. Y'all act like this is just a boring history lesson. Y'all act like this can't change your life. Y'all act like you'd rather be listening to some stupid, like, Billy Ellish or whatever, or whatever her name is, or you'd rather be watching Netflix. Like, this is what you'd rather be doing. When I'm talking about someone who literally came back from the grave and ascended into heaven, and then I'll have a conversation with you after seeing you guys fall asleep or just be on your phone the whole service, like, hey, man, so what do you think about Jesus? Oh, he's dope, bro. Super cool, man. And then I'll look at your life, and I'm like, dude, if you believe this, you thought that, then why doesn't your life match up with this? Do you actually believe this? So today, we're going to talk about the resurrection, just what that means and how it can change your life. If we go to Romans 6, I know this is basically blessed. This is basically continuing off of what we left off, even though last week was a gospel presentation. It meant mainly for people uh, that don't believe in Christ or don't even know Christ. So Revelation 6, verse 1, please. Verse 1. It says right here, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? This is a question proposed by Paul. And then he continues by saying, by no means. Not, be like, heck no, we should not. We are those who have died to sin. What have we done to sin? We have what? We have what? We have what? So how can we live in it any longer? Then he says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. Let's stop right there. We have died to sin. We have died to it. I've preached about this maybe a month ago. And it was, it was a little bit different, slightly, slightly different message. 
But we have died to sin. This is something that Pastor Joe was kind of alluding to the other day. But many of you, how many of us have been forgiven of our sins? How many of us, we believe Christ has forgiven our sins? Then all of us should be dead to sin. You cannot be forgiven of your sins unless you're dead to sins. You can't be dead to your sins while living in sin. If you are forgiven of sin, you no longer live in sin. No longer. Because you are dead to it. So here's the thing. We cannot complain. Uh, we cannot proclaim and claim to everybody, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, yet live in sin. And here's the thing. We were baptized in his death. Everybody understand baptism, right? If you can put uh, little Tommy up there, the, uh, the, the little uh, image, the picture I have. Yeah, little Tommy right here. See, little Tommy, my man got crucified with Christ. He was buried with Christ. He was raised with Christ. Before I continue with the message, you have to understand that you must have been crucified with Christ, you must have been buried with Christ, and you must raise with Christ. And it looks a lot like baptism. I ask many of you maybe sometimes, hey, do you think you're saved by baptism? A lot of you might say yes. I won't have you raise your hand, but you're actually not saved by baptism. What I mean by that is getting baptized does not make you good with Jesus. It does not send you to heaven. It doesn't. You see, baptism is just a symbol of what's happening to little Tommy up top. He's being crucified. The old self is being crucified. He's being buried. The old self is being buried, and the new self is raising with Christ. That means he's alive with God. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Praise God for little Tommy's salvation. But some of y'all can't relate to little Tommy. Y'all mocking little Tommy like, hey, man. You believe in Jesus, dude? Why don't you smoke some weed? We can do the same thing. It's like you guys try to mock little Tommy. Little Tommy is good with God. Leave him be, okay? Away from little Tommy for now. We'll go back to him. But we have died to sin. We were baptized in his death. We cannot be forgiven of sin, yet live in it. If we are not dead to sin, then we are in bed with sin. See, what the Bible here is talking about a relationship with sin, okay? Yep, that's right. That means you get your love on with sin. It talks about a marriage with sin. And the only, thing to be, the only way to be freed but from a bond as a slave or a bond as in marriage, according to that time, was death. Was death. Was death. You had to die. So the Bible is saying that we have a relationship with sin. We need to die to it in order so we may be free from it in order... And that's only, by, that's only by being forgiven of our sins. But if we are forgiven of our sins, that means you're dead to sin. Now, that may be a little confusing for some of you guys. The Bible talks about things that are happening now and things you should do. So how many of y'all believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. Amen? Amen? You believe in Jesus, guys? Right? Now, you don't have to raise your hand. But think about it. How many of you guys live like Jesus? So the Bible says, if you believe in Christ, you live like him. But how many of y'all would say, truly, I believe like Jesus? See, there's a thing here. There's a reality that's going on that is bigger than what we see. There's a truth here that actually we can't see. It's the spiritual life. There's a spiritual life you, you live. How many of you, Ariana, if you could just pull out your thought, pull out your thought. Whatever, what are you thinking about right now? What's, what's on your mind? I want you to take what's on your mind and give it to Jorge. Open your hand, Jorge. Receive, receive what's on our mind. What's on your mind? Can you, can you give it to him? How many of you guys can prove that you have a mind? How many of you guys can prove you have 
thoughts that come out of nowhere. You think. You can't really. There is a world outside of ours, and in this world, we have to be dead to sin. And this affects the world that we live in. So if we're dead to sin, we no longer live with it. Romans 6, 4. I just need you guys to understand that, okay? Because some, some of us, right, and I was like this as well until Jesus saved me. I started to read the Bible. I started to understand God is speaking about things that I cannot see but I can experience, right? So Romans 6, 4 says, we were therefore buried. Everybody say buried. With him through baptism and death in order, say in order, Say in order, say in order, just in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Here's the thing, right? The old self has to be buried. Not only does he have to be crucified like Jesus, last time I preached about this, I talked about the old self, how it's going to be pierced. It needs to be wounded. It needs to be destroyed. The old self that was addicted to sin needs to be killed, brutalized, murdered. That person has to stay dead. Has to stay dead. What is the old self? What is the old self that is buried? That means depression. That means that, that, that sin that you are addicted to right now, the lust, the perversion, the addiction to alcohol, the addiction to sex, the lies, the stealing, all of that is buried because it was killed. It was killed. It's buried. That's it. No more. Is it, is it alive and jumping around and everything? No, it's killed. It's in the grave with where Christ was buried. So our old self, buried with Christ, the shame, the guilt, and the sinful lifestyle is done. It's done with so we may walk in a new life. I'm trying to help you guys understand the implication. That means the points that the Paul is trying to make, that the Bible is saying. It says in Romans 6, 4, let me read it again. We were therefore buried with him. Who is the him? Who is the him? Listen, you guys got to get awake now. I, like, like right now in the Bible quiz, y'all can't name any of those Bible things, but best believe if I just put 12 uh, sweaty men that wear tights and jump on each other for a living, if I told you to name 12 of those, you guys would name them in a second. If I was to put six foot three uh, dudes up in here, you would get all girl boy, you'd be like a uh, fangirl, and you start weeping and crying. Yeah, that's right. You, you're obsessed with sweaty men that get paid to sweat on each other for a living. Congratulations. Let's be obsessed with Christ. And if I was to put all of a sudden all the, the, what's that, Game of Thrones type stuff up here, right? You guys would be obsessed with it. I want the Oreos. I want this. Listen, this is more exciting. This is actually something that can change your life because if we're buried with Christ, that means that life, this is done in order that we may live that new life, that life that is like Christ. So you want this. This is something you want to experience. If we go to Romans 6, 5 through 6. It says in Romans 5, uh, 5 through 6, it says, uh, Romans 6, 5 through 6, 4, if we have been united, everybody say united, say united with him in a death like his, we will certainly, certainly, no doubt, also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So that means if your old self died, Michael, if your old self died, Corey, if your old self was buried, Josiah, that means guess what? The new self will live. That means you will be able to live like Christ. 
You see, the Bible doesn't say you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to do this. No, it's if you believe, bang, it's done. If you believe, bang, it's done. If you believe, bang, you're shot, you're dead. The old man is gone in the grave. The new man is here. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the scripture is saying right here. Whether you believe it or not, that is the truth. Now, since we died a death like Christ, the old self is done. It's crucified. Then we can be raised. We can be raised. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body... Not the mind. Because here's the thing. Now, this is where it gets into what you physically see. Because if your mind is ruled by sin, your body is ruled by sin. If your mind is always thinking about lust, your body is always thinking about lust. If your mind is always thinking about vanity and how good you look and how bad they look, the envy, the jealousy, your body will follow. You are a slave, whether you like it or not, whether it is the sin or whether it is the righteousness. We don't control ourselves. We must submit to Christ so that we may have self-control. Listen, guys, you may think you're doing your own thing, but here is the truth. Your body may be ruled by sin, and the only way to escape it is to die, to die with Christ. So you may be buried, and you may raise with him. So we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So since we've died a death like Christ, if we go to Romans 6, uh, 7 through 8, the new self, right, the new person, the new person who loves Jesus, he is raised with Christ. It means you're alive. Sean, you're alive if, you commit, if you've committed a sin here. Sean, Michael, Ariana, everybody, Deanna, Sarah, it's hope for all of us. The leaders here, Jeremiah, if you were to die to sin and be buried, leave your old man there, you'll be raised with Christ. It's that simple. Really that simple. There's no trick to this. There's no 12 steps. There's no, no Instagram video trying to teach you how to get rich. This is not a scheme. This is simply by faith. And you can live right. There's no excuses. Your school will not get in the way. Your job cannot get in the way. Nothing that you put in the way, no obstacle that you try to put there, if you believe in Christ, it won't be there. It's not, there's no excuse. Are you dead or are you alive? So if we can go to Colossians 3, 1 through 4, how does this change your life now? How does this change your life? Here's some practical things you could do. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Everybody say raised with Christ. What were we just talking about? Exactly that. We're talking about our new life raised with Christ. And this is assuming that you've already done that. So now if you want to learn how to live like Jesus, you should pay attention. You should get up from your phone. If you believe in the resurrection, you should pay attention, apply to your life. Think about this. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. What it means by set is that means you should seek things above, things that are of God. That means literally where Christ is at, seated at the right hand of God, that's where your affections should be. That the things that you love, the things that you hold dear, the things that you would die for, all that stuff, that's where Christ is now. Because that's where your heart is set on. A lot of us, we understand this kind of language because some of us want to do something with our lives. So we set our hearts on a career. We set our hearts on a, on a person we want to be. Man, I want to be this when I'm old. I want to be that I'm old. So we get passionate about it. And when we mess up, we get hurt. 
But what I'm telling you now is take whatever has your passion, whatever has your affection, whatever has anything you have, and set it where Christ is at. Then set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. This is another thing you could do. Concentrate. Concentrate now. Focus where Christ is at on things above, not on earthly things. So many of us, we don't understand. We focus on such depressing things. We focus on sin. We focus on the flesh. We focus on our problems, on our issues. We focus on our sin. When really we need to repent, then focus on Christ. We focus on school. We focus on homework. We focus on all these things, but we don't focus on Christ. You see, the Bible is telling you, you have to do something, Jorge. You have to do something, Julian. You literally have to set your mind on this. You need to set your heart on this, Ariana, because if you don't, you won't live like Christ. You won't. You won't. It won't happen. It's not possible. So when you set your mind on Christ, you think about him. Your thoughts are about him. Because here's the thing. You can actually think about something when you want to. On the Bible quiz, right, many of you guys were thinking about how to answer the problem, right? Many of you guys were thinking about it. It was almost like instant because you saw the value in that. Everybody wanted to know, so you tried to do it. But when it comes to living for Jesus, you guys are about as brain dead as someone that got hit by a a semi-truck. That's how brain dead you are. If I knocked on your spiritual mind, there'd be nothing in there. It'd be hollow because you haven't used it in a while. But you don't have to. This is what you can do. You can seek the thing. You can seek where Christ is at. Set your mind on things above. Concentrate on that. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. That means you are safe in Jesus. That means if things happen in your life. That means if people leave you. That means if people talk bad about you, that means if you lose friends, that means if someone wants to hurt you because of this, because of who you are, because you love Jesus, you are hidden with Christ. That means they can't touch your soul. They can't touch your spirit. That means you are saved. So when Christ, who is your life, get this, who is your life according to this? Who is your life? Who is your life? Some of y'all need to get a life. Some of y'all need to get a life. It's not about sports. Jesus isn't going to appear, then all of a sudden say, well done, my good and faithful uh, grammar school football player. You've done good. You've scored many touchdowns. Well done, my good and faithful wrestler. You 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 watch a lot of WWE. You watch a lot of anime. You play a lot of sports. You know, he's not going to do that. When Christ appears, he's going to see who was set on him, whose affections were on him, who loved him. And then when he appears, you also appear with glory. It goes back to the resurrection. That the real you, the you that Christ is going to give, the body that is not going to die is going to be shown to you. So this is the whole thing, guys. If we go to Colossians 3.9, we're not going to close this yet, but we're almost there. So please bear with me. This is what we ought to do now. It says, do not lie to each other. Now, before it says that, I, I, I want you guys to understand, it listed a bunch of sins. 
It listed anger. It listed lust. It listed envy. It listed jealousy. It listed slander. It listed deceit. It, list, it listed all these things you can think of under the sun. And it said, that right there is wrong. Put to death that. So now you put to death lies. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your what? Your old self. The you that is in the grave. You have taken that off like some dirty pair of clothes. You no longer wear that. Or it's smell. It's it's because you know anybody ever wear dirty clothes before? You smell real musty if you do. Just in case you don't know right now. If you wear clothes that you wear multiple days a week, listen, and if you don't have a washer or dryer, come up to one of the leaders and we will lend you. I'm not even joking right now. That's a that's a problem. But you know you smell musty after a while. And this is what it's relating to. You take off that musty old sin of a life that you call the life. You take it off. You believe that Christ died for you to not wear that. And you put on the new life, the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in, the, in, knowledge, in the image of its creator. Wait, hold up. The creator. See, a lot of your parents and a lot of your teachers, a lot of your family, the people that claim to believe in Christ, they'll be like, hey, we're imperfect. We all mess up. Why? Because they mess up. They don't expect no better from you if they mess up. But I'm holding you guys to a standard, the standard that is Christ. I believe that every one of you, if you have faith in Christ, you are made in the image of Jesus. That means, yes, we're made in the image of God, but you are made new now. You are looking like Jesus as you grow in the knowledge of God. That means it, when I look at Ariana, when I look at Alex, when I look at Seth, I should be able to say, man, I see Jesus in her. I see Jesus in her. That's what I want to see. That's what you should want to see. It shouldn't be no longer, man, I just, I want to do me. I want to live my life. I want to do this. Listen, drop the vanity. Drop the lies. Drop your selfishness. Put on the new self that is being renewed. It's growing. Some of y'all have faith. Keep faith. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, and you will see God grow you. You won't do the same things you did before. You won't lie like you used to before. You won't steal like you used to before. Instead, you'll love. You'll be clothed with righteousness. You'll look like Jesus. So when we look at Easter, when we look at the day that Christ resurrected, what we should see is not some historical event. We should see our identity. Our identity is found in that celebration. Who we are. That is our history. That is our Identity, that's our culture. It is the resurrection, the death, the burial, resurrection. When I see that Christ did that, I see a mirror of myself because that's who I am now. That's who I am now. Do you see the same thing? When you think about the resurrection, it's just some things that happened to a Jewish man a long time ago. He was beaten pretty bad. Poor him, boo-hoo, I believe that, but no, I'm going to live my life. Or do you see your identity there, man? Do, I, do you identify that? Do you res- Does that make your soul burn on fire? Does that make you shout for joy that Josie, even if that, that disease was to take you, you'd be found in Christ? Even if one of you guys were to die right now, death could not stop you. You'd be alive in Christ. Does that not excite your soul? I know that does me. I know when I'm going through things. I know when life seems difficult, when I make mistakes, when I sin. I turn my hope to the resurrection. I turn my hope to the death, the burial, the resurrection. I say, that is who I am. If you go to Romans 6, 
9 through 11, if I can have the altar workers here, please. And uh, Stephanie. Romans 6, 9 through 11. You guys can stand up. It won't be, you guys won't be standing up. Please stand. I want you guys to focus on this. We believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. He cannot die again. Listen, guys, Jesus is alive, and he's not going to die again. That means the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are to share in his life. How? In the same way, we count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That means, hey, when I'm about to be tempted with pornography, with lust, with lying, with stealing, with punching someone in the face or whatever, with anger, with jealousy, with pride, I count myself dead to sin. I say, no, I'm dead to that, and I'm alive to God. That's no longer who I used to be. That self is buried. And that's literally how you are to live life with temptation now. You look at the temptation and you say, now nah, I'm dead to that. I'm alive to God. It's plain and simple. God has made it so simple for us to live holy. Holiness is very simple. You love God. Very simple. You love God. You hate sin. You die to sin. You live to God. Let's not complicate it. Here's some ways you can apply it to your life. You repent and ask Christ for forgiveness. Be careful because that means you're ready to die to sin. That means you're saying, Christ, forgive me of my sin. Make me new, right? That's basically saying, man, Jesus killed the old self. Kill him. Bury him. I want to live a life like you, Jesus. Then seek and set your mind on God and godly things. That means on things above, set your mind on God, set your heart on God. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and your strength. And love people. Think about ways to love people like God loved them. Then put off the old self and live intentionally like Jesus. That means think about how you want to live like Jesus. Yes, use your mind. Jesus lived this way. I want to live that way with my family. I want to live that way with my friends at school. Jesus preached like this. I want to preach like this. Jesus prayed in this way. Let me pray in this way. Jesus rebuked Satan. Let me rebuke Satan. You see, this is, this is simple stuff. We can do this through Christ because once you believe in this, the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave doesn't just float around your head like some weird picture from the, from the, the Renaissance period. No, it lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit, God in the universe, the creator, he now lives inside of you. He helps you. It's not on your own strength anymore. We're all able through Christ. So this is the altar call. For those that want to be dead to sin and alive to God, you come up. And for those that believe they have been forgiven but still live in sin, we have people here that are ready to talk to you, ready to pray with you, not judging you like off the bat, but they want to speak with you. you want to, they want you to know and be confident that you're saved. So with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, Listen, you guys may have came here with some issues, some serious things, and I'm not saying that you're not. I'm not saying those things aren't important, but what I am saying, just continue to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm saying to do this. We're going to practice this now. I want you guys 
to set your mind where Christ is at. The resurrected King, Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of God. Where there is no pain, where there is no suffering, where there is nothing but the happiness of God. Set your minds on that. There is, there is, there, we could count the happiness in the world. We could stack it up and it still wouldn't even reach the toes of God and his happiness. There's no one more happier than God. And this is what I'm telling you to, to set your minds on. Then now let's set our hearts on things above, not on things below. If you've been passionate about things that are not of God, selfish things, things that would, don't leave you to God, but they actually lead you away from him, stop. Set your affection, set your heart, your passion on God, which love him. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you begin and you be, you're the beginning and the end, Lord. You love us, that even though we've sinned, you decided to save us. God, I pray for everyone here, Lord, that as they bow their heads and close their eyes, as they pray with their eyes open, it doesn't matter, God, you hear their prayers. I pray that you would speak to them, Lord. That you would break their hearts and give them new ones. That you would take their life and give them a new one. God, I pray that you would speak to them, Lord, as only you could, Holy Spirit. That you, your powerful presence would overwhelm them and they would come to know you, Jesus. Lord, have your way. Amen.